Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia. I'm your host, Ryan Black, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Joshua Taylor and Chris Warren. And we are back and we are playing with power. Guys, how are you doing this week? Doing awesome. How are you? Josh? Oh, uh, I'm doing okay. It <laughs> kind of depends on the moment. Got a lot going on, but, you know, we're, we're making it through. I am well myself and uh, happy to uh, have survived last week. And, uh, you know, it was a crazy one with the mother-in-law in town and just running around with chickens, like chickens with their heads cut off. And uh, I'm glad to be kind of grounded and back back to the normal again. So especially back to podcasting, it's been a little bit for me. So glad to be here again. True. Uh, without any further ado, let's get into what we are Radical Rexing about. All right, guys. Uh, anything you're Radical Rexing about? Or are we just kind of like, you know, bored to tears? <laughs> uh, I've been playing a few things lately. Uh, my internship finally ended, so I finally had some time to play some games. So um, I think I texted you guys this not too long ago, but I've been really 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 into uh the sega racing games so like sega and like sonic and sega all-stars racing and uh sonic and sega all-stars transformed whatever that is for the wii u and i am loving it yeah like i didn't take those seriously when they came out and i just like love the the fan service in those games like none of those <laughs> series and franchises go together at all like uh, Sonic and Panzer Dragoon and Billy Hatcher and House of the Dead and all of those are in one game and I just I love it I, I just love the that the the developer understood the charm that Sega has and just went all out with this game and, and just tried to make it like a fun um, you know nonsensical racing game so I've been really into that and transformed is like stunning uh, it's like amazing what they were able to do with that game. Have you played that, Josh? Yeah, I was getting ready to say that that game. Well, both of them are pretty cool. Transformer, I think, is really great. Like that's comparable to Mario Kart. Not many kart racers do that. But I, I was wanting to ask. Um, it, it gets really difficult, so you might not get to this point because it took me. I actually remember unlocking the last character. I got that when the Wii U. Uh, shoot, I'm sorry. I got that when the Wii U released, and I didn't unlock the last character until the day before the Switch released. Oh, okay. And I played it a good bit, but have you heard what the last character is in that? In Transform? Yeah. Uh, is it a real human? No, can I spoil it for you? Yes. Okay, well... Spoiler like, alert if, for our listeners, by the way. <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, it, it's... I think the car version is like the Daytona uh, USA car, the right. Hornet. And then the boat is a Dreamcast controller oh that's <laughs> and cool. like and the plane is from uh oh can't think of what it's called i keep wanting to say top gun um oh well, anyway uh, the the helicopter game i know exactly what it is and i can't Underforce? think of the name of it but no it's another one but anyhow it's it's like all of those different things and yeah. like the racer a uh dreamcast vmu you know like the memory card with the screen on it and it has a little yeah. face Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'll probably never unlock it because I'm pretty bad. At it. But um, that's very cool. Okay. Um, I know, like, it, part of the fun of the game is just seeing what characters are in it. And there's, like, a real-life human character. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch NASCAR, but there's, like, a real woman in it. <laughs> like, like Patrick. Okay. Which is fine. You know, it's, I just like Sega when they're being weird. And... <laughs> 
stuff like that. Strange. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, it still doesn't plays beat Shaq. really well. What's that? Still doesn't beat Shaq and Shaq Fu. <laughs> Will anything? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just like it looks great. The music is awesome. Like it's just so fun to listen to like the best Sega tunes like while you're racing. And Transformed is like amazing. Each time you go around, like each lap that you take is a different experience so you know for the first one you're on land and then the next one you know your your track breaks and then you're in the water and then for some reason you have to go in the air because there's like a monster in your way for the third one so it's just it's really cool they put a lot of thought into it so um yeah i have a lot of good things to say about um uh the first two games i haven't gotten to the the sonic switch one just yet but it's very cool and um, the last thing I've been playing is Klonoa for Game Boy Advance. Ooh. Yeah, I am a big fan of it, except I might have to stop because it is getting really hard. <laughs> um, like out of nowhere, the level that I'm now stuck on just got ridiculous with how you have to solve the puzzle. And uh, I, I went on a guide because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be stuck on this forever. So. Um, yeah, I looked at a guide and I would have never figured out how to get past this puzzle if, if I didn't look it up. So um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm debating if I should just stop and move on to like the second one or keep going with the guide and see how far I can get using the guide as like a supplement. So still figuring that out. But I just I love the game. It's just it's just really fun. So, yeah. Have you you've played that one, uh, Ryan? No, I haven't, but I'd love to. Um, I'm a big oh. fan of the Klonoa series. Um, I, I haven't gotten to play a whole lot of it, but I remember just being entranced by the uh, demo that I got to play on the demo disc that I got. I think it was a PlayStation demo disc, and I just, I loved it. I loved playing the game in, in a little bit that I did, and I got it for Wii and played it for a little bit. I still have never beat the game. Um, I just never took the time to really, like, iron out that. It's like, it's one of the one of the ones that I want to do, like... Uh, that and um, Sly Cooper and stuff like that. I kind of want to go and visit those that were like PlayStation uh, originating stuff. But. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I have the Wii one. Haven't gotten to that one yet. I was thinking like the first two GBA ones first and then I'll get to the Wii one. But mm -hmm. um, it looks pretty good and I'm glad that that exists, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, um, looking forward to playing the rest of Klonoa. There's a lot of variety. It's very fun, colorful and fun to chill out with. But, you know, the later levels get pretty difficult so uh navigating my way around that but that's it for me what about you guys well um i will say i'm kind of happy to be able to say that i'm finally into monster hunter at least uh for this game um i had to pick up rise i, I kept looking into it and kept debating about it and i finally decided to just kind of go for it and i'm glad i did um it's been kind of hard to put down honestly uh, I've, I've tried a few in the past, like three, I think I had for like five bucks on the Wii U at one point, and I just never could really get into it. And I might have tried a demo of another one or something, and it just, there was too many different things to keep track of, like too many systems. And that's kind of a problem I have with a lot of those kind of games usually, is there's just too much going on. I'm like, all right, this is like needlessly complicated. But I don't know if it's a combination of just attempting to get into it multiple times and me slowly catching on. But I feel like I'm finally getting a lot of it now. And and there is a lot to kind of keep track of. But I feel like I've got a good enough grasp of it, at least, <laughs> that that I feel like I'm making progress. And it's it's fun to just kind of get in the loop and go in and, like, sort of aim for some big armor set that looks ridiculous. You know, go after some certain monster and learn in different weapons. So I'm starting to see the hook to it now. Um, awesome. I haven't really got to play with anybody 
Um, I know a couple people that's got it, but not a whole, whole lot. And I guess it's just part of being an adult, like lining up the times is next to impossible. Yeah. But um, I played with a couple random people and that wasn't too bad, but I can definitely see that being a good time with a handful, a, you know, a group of people that's into it. Um, yeah. Definitely something I'm glad I picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I guess other than that, I'm looking forward to uh, the tie the Tasmanian Tiger 2 <laughs> they're bringing back out on the Switch. What? Um, I didn't know that. I think it comes out March 31st. I what believe. is it? Oh, wow. Uh, the second tie. You know how they brought out the first tie the Tasmanian Tiger last yeah, year? Yeah, I didn't we know the second one. Yeah. interviewed one of their uh, developers last year um yeah. yeah the second one comes out i think it's i think it's like the end of this month or the beginning of april something like that i meant to cool. back it and i forgot until it was too late so didn't get uh, on back or get back down nope not on that one uh but yeah so i'm looking forward to hopefully uh getting what i need to, to be able to pick that up and uh we'll probably download that star wars republic commando when it comes out um i played it on the xbox when i borrowed one off of my cousin back in the day and I actually really liked it and I'm a Star Wars fan so you know I want to give it another go but uh yeah other than that I mean not all that much exciting going on I've got some family rough family stuff going on but it's not kind of bring everything down just you know remember us and all of that and we'll get through it so yeah that's about all I got uh for me uh, I've been so busy I've had barely any time to game I'm still slowly trudging through Dragon Quest I um, I'm at the point where now I'm just kind of done with the game and I could stop right now and be okay with it because uh, I've put so much time in it and, and I've experienced most of the story and and I just find myself just wanting to keep grinding more instead of actually just complete the game and I'm I'm definitely leveled to where I can but I just haven't I just haven't like sprung for that I guess I'm just kind of still exploring the world um, other than that um, I am radical rexing about getting my amiibo finally I've got two of them and one more on the way uh, so I've got I've got Terry on the way, um, but I did get Byleth and uh, Banjo Kazooie, and they look fine. Absolutely love those. Um, also, um, I was lucky enough um, and kind of cheated the system, but I showed up on early. Um, it was Thursday morning, fr- Friday morning, uh, at Target, and uh, walked in as soon as I opened the doors, went straight back to the electronics section, and uh, picked up myself some Hello Kitty uh, Animal Crossing amiibo cards. Uh, I got two of them, and uh, apparently they weren't supposed to sell them because uh, they had to, it was online order only. But I showed up. The clerk didn't know any better. Uh, a scalper <laughs> beat me there, um, and he got his two first because he actually went to the back door where they came with the cart, came in with the cart, and uh, kind of beat me to it. Um, but you know, he tried to get more, but the clerk wouldn't sell them anymore. So I'm like, cool. Well, I get my two then. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, my uh, sister-in-law uh, got dibs on the first or the second one that we had, and of course I got the one for Draco. So I was glad I was able to get that, and it was early enough in the store that we weren't really around a bunch of people, so that helped a lot. Um, I was in and out as quick as I could. Um, I'm trying to think awesome. if there's anything else like video game related. I mean, I picked up some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, uh, but they had this uh, ice barrier uh, structure deck. I was like, oh, okay, I'll pick them up. They look kind of cool. I've never owned a Trishula, but now I do, and I'm happy about that. Probably means nothing to you guys, but <laughs> um, I think that's about it for what I am Radical Rexing about. Before we get into the topic, I wanted to go ahead and bring an interesting uh, email that came in for us um, all the way from Norway. We have a fan in Norway. It's crazy to think that we have someone that is listening so far, like, you know, other side of the world and stuff like that's so cool. Um, but uh, I wanted to go ahead and give uh, this person a shout out. Uh, this is Tommy. 
And he says, hello, and thanks for a very interesting podcast. A while ago, you made an episode about the Nintendo Wii, where you took everything from the history to uh, success and the most popular games and rounded up uh, with the end of the Wii in a nice way. Um, they wanted to know, uh, could you please make more similar episodes about the different other consoles in Nintendo's history? The Wii U is done for an, is down for an interesting one, along with the NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, and more. Thanks. Sincerely, Tommy. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we've got a, a, an episode request to bring in more of those console episodes, um, but it's kind of like the, the sending off of the console or maybe even like the legacy and going over the legacy, the, the top games, you know, the where, how it started, how it ended, you know, just all of that stuff. Um, and I definitely like to do that. I know we've done a couple of console episodes here or there. Um, and then I would definitely encourage you to go back and kind of listen to those ones. Um, but as a more of a focus in, in the scope of like the Wii episode, um, we could definitely like take a look at that and try to do those uh, console episodes uh, re- renewed and refreshed like that. So it's definitely a good idea. Uh, what do you yeah. guys think? No, I, I, well, first of all, thanks very much for writing to us. I really appreciate that. And it's awesome, like Ryan said, to know that we have a fan in Norway and, and potentially other places too. So that was really exciting to learn about. Um, so yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, I was on the Wii episode and I'm very proud of that one. I think we all did a really great job and I had a lot of fun recording that one with you guys. So um, I would love to do more of those for sure. Um, to uh to the person that wrote the email if you are interested in other episodes like that we did one shortly before the Wii one um i believe it was right before uh the 3ds one it's not titled you know just nintendo 3ds i think it's called 3ds bon voyage and we we kind of took a similar approach with that one and i also really enjoyed that episode too we did a really good job with that one so definitely check that one out but um I personally would love to do more of these console episodes. Those are like my favorite ones. And there's so much that I have to say about all the other uh, consoles that I wasn't really with you guys to uh, to be able to record on those. So, um, yeah, well, it's something we'll definitely talk about in the future. Um, but, yeah, thank you again for writing. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time we stop fooling around and get into the topic this week. We had some fans that wanted to chime in on this topic. So they wanted to bring in, uh, kind of to counter our our conversation here, they wanted to bring in games they thought were terrible. And they're a bit of a hot take. Uh, in fact, I'm going to put the hot take uh, bumper in here a couple times. So here we go. So uh, I made a post on Facebook, and uh, I was just curious to see what your least favorite games are. And I was very surprised by a lot of these comments. So um, so Ryan, our longtime friend, has said that he is not a fan of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Hot take! Certainly a hot take. Um, it's So he says its popularity will unfortunately cause Nintendo to keep focusing on that IP slash DLC 
for that game. And uh, you bet, <laughs> you betcha, <laughs> we're not going to see uh, Animal Crossing go away anytime soon. Um, honestly, I am not the biggest fan of New Horizons, but I do really, really love um, or did really love the GameCube Animal Crossing as well as the uh, 3DS one. I thought they um, struck a, I don't know, I just think they did a really good job with those. Uh, also, we have uh, Jerry. Jerry said, anything Pokemon related on any console. Hot take. And not a fan of Smash. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, ho- hopefully he uh, never purchased Pokemon Box because, uh, ouch. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who would, but uh, yeah, let's let's uh, hope. <laughs> I, I says, used to uh, hate Pokemon as a kid, honestly, like back when it was at that peak popularity in the late 90s. Like, yeah. I don't know if it just annoyed me because it's, Maybe I was being like a, a hipster or something, and like because everyone else liked it, and it was more popular than Ocarina of Time at the day, which made me really angry. But I just I mean, didn't like it, and like I'd never have liked, you know, I've never really liked the anime kind of thing anyway. So I didn't care for the cartoon and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was. I, I get it. I, I'm more of a fan of it, Pokemon now, but I kind of get it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I. I... I loved Pokemon when it was when the hype train was <laughs> at full speed. Um, but I did fall quickly off because you know each game is pretty derivative, and um, mm-hmm. you know they're they're all very similar. So you know once you play one, you kind of play the rest. But um, the things I do appreciate about Pokemon at least is uh, the really cool. Uh, Pokemon designs, you know, character designs, at least for the first few generations. I'm not too thrilled with the later ones. Uh, I don't know why we have a Pokemon that is literally keys, but whatever. Um, uh, and the music. The music's actually really good. Oh, don't be acting like Klefki's cool. Klefki's not cool. <laughs> Steel Fairy. Oh, I guess that's the only unique thing and cool thing about it. <laughs> so I'll give you that. Um, Smash Brothers, I can't help you there, Jerry. I just... Smash Brothers is like the most hype franchise ever. Um, maybe it's like the gameplay that you're just not thrilled with, because like, you just can't deny the hype behind Smash Brothers. It's a celebration of every video game, even if it's not on a Nintendo console at this point, um, or at least was. I don't know, but um, I don't know. Smash Brothers, I just I love it. Um, let's see, we have another Smash person, uh, Eric. Eric, who actually comments all the time. So Smash. I just don't like it. No real reason other than it's not my thing. So that's totally understandable. Um, I just wish it was with uh, that you felt that way about uh, anything but Smash. Um, I will say, like, Smash Brothers is like the same game that it's been since the beginning. So if you're just not into, you know, a fighting game in that style, I guess I can understand that. And uh, the last comment that we got is from Tim. And Tim says, after dropping more than a few quarters in the arcade version of Double Dragon, the NES version was very underwhelming. Of course, the sequel more than made up for it. And uh, Tim, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I haven't played either of those. But um, I, I do like beat-em-ups, so I don't know. Have you guys played Dub- um, yeah, Double Dragon? I know I've played at least the NES version of it. I, I'm, I can't remember if I've played the arcade version or not. Some of those don't hold up real well. Like, I, I like a good beat-em-up. I like Battletoads and stuff like that. I mean, granted, some of that's painfully unfair, but it's still a fun game. Um, but I, I can kind of see the, the issue with it. I think if, if I remember right, the first Double Dragon or the second one, like, everything's, like, 
one button or you like you have to punch left you have to hit a and then right is the b button it's it's kind of weird but simplistic at the same time i don't know how to explain it unless you play it it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel very good at least on a nest controller it didn't okay gotcha sounds like it's on rails the way you said it <laughs> i mean I, it's not right it's still like a straight up no i guess but um no, it's hard to explain without messing with it yeah um I remember growing up and thinking Double Dragon was cool. I never played it. I just remember, like, I guess the marketing for it was pretty cool. I don't know, because dragons and street fighting and stuff like that just seemed all, like, tough and cool. But um, never got a chance to play them. And then, like, when I became at uh, of an age where, you know, I could go back, play retro games, and play some things I missed out on, apparently, you know, I, I've heard from, like, a bunch of people it's just not that great. So just one of those games I'm going to have to skip out. Um, but uh, I do like Final Fight and uh, what else? Um, oh, Streets of Rage 2. Oh, oh yeah. Streets of Rage 2. Oh. If you need a good beat up. Yep. Oh, yeah. Love me, Golden Axe, and Streets of Rage. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the music. I listen to the Streets of Rage soundtrack like weekly at this point. It's just, it's that good. But yeah. Um, so yeah, your, your picks for least favorite games, <laughs> uh, which we were all not expecting, was. Uh, that was rough. Yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Smash Brothers, Pokemon, and Double Dragon. So Tough crowd. Uh, and these people yeah. call themselves Nintendo fans. <laughs> I know. We need to rethink our audience. <laughs> but thank They're you guys very much. Yeah. Thank you guys very much for commenting. We we do really appreciate that. Even though we may not necessarily agree, but uh, we do appreciate your feedback. Uh, so we have... Um, a list of games that are kind of we, we picked three each of games to bring to the table that um, we're just absolutely in love with and just cannot stop talking about it and so josh why don't you bring our first one to the table all right so we have talked about um games that that a lot of you all don't like apparently a lot of you all don't like smash brothers so i wanted to start off with some games that uh well particular game that I know everybody loves and everybody was super excited about since the first time we saw it in action and saw it announced at E3 2006. And that is Wii Music, one of the most successful, uh, how do I put it, one of the most successful pieces of software to come from Nintendo during the Wii era. Um, You had the casual crowd and the hardcore crowd and everybody in, sold millions of copies, all of that good stuff. Um, This was during the time or maybe it was around or shortly after uh, when Guitar Hero was big and Rock Band and all of that. And just all that nonsense could move aside because this game came out and showed them how it was really done with that Wii Remote and just that extreme accuracy to make it feel exactly like you were playing a guitar and the drums. All you needed was the silly little Wii Remote. You didn't need all this crap and this big plastic drum kit and all this stuff that Rock Band came with. The Wii Remote did more than enough. And I think if you go back... And look at E3 2006. Uh, that that perfectly proves my point on just how awesome of a presentation you can give off with that. Um, from what I've heard, there's even multiple people that this helped uh, kickstart their career, so to speak. People like Steven Tyler and Britney Spears and even Jesse Katsopoulos, um all got got started because of Wii Music. So we have Wait, that to thank. Wait, the Jesse Katsopoulos? Yeah, that one. Wow. So yeah, I, I just wanted to gush about that to get things started. Yeah. How, how wonderful and special of a game that is. 
What are you I am. About? I was actually that that particular E three. I was so moved by seeing like Miyamoto like direct the orchestra, um, just the, the way that he did that. Like that was so cool. And uh, you know, this was around that time where Nintendo was making some great music choices. Um, and they had like electroplankton going on as well. And just like it, you know, Nintendo was singing, and I thought that was so cool that they were willing to branch out and do those uh, do those things. And uh, you can still find um, Wii music in stores to this day. Um, it's kind of crazy that they're they're still hanging around there. Like you know, it just you see it everywhere, and it's just like it won't go away because it's just it's in everybody's minds every time. Like you walk into Walmart, and there it is. Yeah, I remember when it got announced. Um, I remember like you know the Wii was so so successful, and then at that E3, everyone's just like, they better nail this. You know, like they have they have the audience, they have all these sales. And we were just looking for that one hit to keep that momentum going. And then they finally announced Wii Music. And we're all just like, yes, they did it. They nailed it. And, you know, I mean, when I think of the Wii, I think of Wii Music. Like, when I had my friends over and we played, like, I don't know, like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and Happy Birthday, like, it, it was just... It, it, I just created memories that I'll never forget, and um, I, I'll really cherish my time with Wii Music. And honestly, like I can't believe they haven't ported it to the Switch. Like the graphics in Wii Music are timeless, and I think they really deserve, um, you know, the HD treatment. And hopefully, it'll be a launch title with the the Switch Pro. You know, I completely agree, and we haven't seen some of those games that are bringing back the Mii, so I think it's very possible. Hope so. Yeah, it's it's a classic. Good pick, Josh. Yeah, very good pick. Uh, I'm going to bring my next pick. I'm going to butt in there. Chris, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so uh, one thing that kind of uh, shaped my love for fighting games um, growing up as a kid, it was my first real fighting game other than arcade games. It was, it was my, my first like at-home fighting game experience. Um, I went with my, uh, my grandpa to the local buy, sell, and trade place, and uh, we picked up the game Rise of Robots uh, for the uh, SNES. Um, it was really cool. It had this, like, liquid metal-looking, like, alien uh, robot on the cover. It was really, really sleek-looking, and the graphics were just like, whoa, I can't believe those are graphics. Like, on this cartridge, it's going to be so cool. And then when you boot up the game, it's just... Uh, it's so much to take in there's so much going on on the screen just sensory overload like your eyes just can't take it all in it's just so robust and the controls like this is this is a special kind of fighter see um i cut my teeth on this game um it was the anti button mashing game um button mashing would get you nowhere in the game um you could hit all the buttons at once it wouldn't matter like it would not respond well you had to be really really precise and uh, the game was like moving, moving through, um, kind of like moving underwater fighting, um, which was very unique. Um, and it was kind of cool because that kind of slowed down uh, the fighting moves and everything. And but the computers were really, really fast too. So like they kind of ran circles around you. Um, so it just taught you to get good. Um, and it was just really cool. Um, it gave you. There's a little bit of a delay when you press the buttons. Uh, so it helps you, like if you're a beginner, to like learn when to press the buttons. And then as you got to more fighting games later, um, you know, when you press the button, it, you know, it happened instantly. Whereas in this game, like it was just slightly lagged behind and it was just great building blocks for my fighting game future. 
Awesome. I haven't heard of that one, but um, it's, it sounds awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look that up and see if I can get a copy of it. It was so future and high tech. My goodness. Like, yeah, it's all like robots fighting, like brawling. It's it's special. It sounds great. I mean, it sounds totally original, too. So I'll have to look into that one. I, I was always a huge fan of, of Clay Fighter back in the day, Clay Fighter 64 in particular. So I'd, I'd, this almost sounds maybe slightly better than that, maybe a little different. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be willing to give that a shot. Yeah. yeah. Even if it doesn't have like sumo Santa, I'm sure it can hold its own. Well, oh, it was I doubt a big, that. It was a big, like, mech frame suit, uh, kind of looking like futuristic construction equipment. And then also, like, the the, the, uh, the character on the title um, also, like, did have, like, a liquid metal frame. So, like, it would, like, shape its, like, arms into, like, spikes and stuff like that when it fought. It was, it was pretty cool. Awesome. Cool pick. Chris, what you got for us? So, if I have to... If I have to take my favorite, like, top three games um, and I had to put them in order, I would have to say that... All right, my number three pick, I know a lot of people say this, and it's probably cliche, but... Um, well, all right, let me put it this way. So, Edo Ev Ko Roke Wumaj Alo Muto Uj Ke Ro Star Fox Command. So... As everyone knows, you know, everyone's pretty familiar with the Star Fox Adventures language. So I basically just said, and I know everyone knows this already, one of the best games ever made has to be Star Fox Command. So when I first heard of the DS and like the features that are unique to the system, my very first thought was they got to put Star Fox on this thing. So, you know, right off, you know, if we rewind and go back to like 2005, this was like right off, right off the heels of the like most definitive Star Fox experience, Star Fox Adventures. And so right after that, you know, there's demand for more Star Fox. So they finally gave us like something that we didn't even knew that we wanted. And so with I don't know if anyone's played this game, but instead of controlling uh, the ship with a joystick, which, you know, that doesn't even make that much sense if you think about it. They allowed us to control the R wing with the touchscreen, which was controlled exactly what you would expect. It was perfect. So, you you would you know fly your ship around in a free roaming space, uh, which were is perfectly suited for a touchscreen. And um, cool. yeah, it's like groundbreaking. And it's also it's not just that, but it's also like a strategy game too. So mm -hmm. another thing oh, that wow. we just yeah like another thing that we just didn't know that we wanted so you can draw where you want to go uh let me uh, so, let me stop you there for a second um you know this was a really cool concept um to be able to command the ship in a new way and what it sounds like th there wasn't a whole lot from what you're saying it was kind of free roam uh there wasn't a lot of like on rails right no not from what i played but um, oh man i would love this i hate Star Fox games especially like when you're on the rails like all range mode i'm right there so yeah. like if this was like i need to play this game like seriously yeah. man this the touch screen controls made it that much more accessible um and you know like i mentioned there's like a strategy part so you can draw where you want your ship to go and then you can wait for the enemy's turn 
And then you can draw where you want your ship to go right after that. And sometimes there's an action scene, sometimes there's not. So it's really exciting in that way. You kind of kind of get to see, you know, wait and see what's going to happen when after each turn. Um, but yeah, um, I didn't really get past the first level because I just love the game so much that I just keep replaying it over and over again because you get a different outcome each time and it's it's really hard to you know complete the objective because there's just so much exploring that you want to do um so hopefully I'll get past the first level but already with just that one level that I played it's my third favorite game of all time so uh yeah cool I, I actually I I, I played that one back in what was it 2006 or whatever it came out and i got all i want to say there was like 10 different endings i might be getting that confused with shadow the hedgehog i think it was 10 but i, I was just surprised with how well written like every ending was yeah. um especially the ones involving crystal and like when she became oh what, what was the what was that other name cursed that, that one was really really well done really well thought out that was huh. my favorite ending yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember this? Because in Star Fox Command, you could put your voice into the game and it would make your voice like a Star Fox character, which is, oh. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's basically a staple for a lot of video games at this point. It's really, but... really cool because, you know, the, the game is so quotable in its history, you know, like uh, with Slippy, like famous lines and, and like these, you know, you got to love it. And so you get to put your own like annoying voice in there. I just gotta like really like enrich that whole uh, feeling. Now, was this game? Did it break the mold as far as story? Did it actually do something different than all the other Star Fox games that run along the same storyline? Yes, um, mostly Good. because the enemies are the Anglars. So I mean, not much more can be said about the Anglars. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the like the Star Fox game for me. I just I don't like Star Fox that much. Um, but you know, I haven't given Zero a try. I heard that one's pretty good as well. Um, but this one, uh, I'll definitely have to pick up. Yeah, I recommend it. It's it's like essential DS playing for sure. Josh, you want to bring our next one? Yeah. So this one is from from way back. I actually didn't own this one uh, right up until. Uh, a little bit later. I, I'm not really sure when, but I know I used to rent it back in the day when I was a kid for the Super Nintendo. Um, and it's one, <laughs> I guess this will be sort of a funny pun. It's one that is fun to, to go back to, so to speak. Um, it really takes me back because it is Mario's Time Machine um, on the Super Nintendo. So I wasn't really a huge fan of, of school, really. I just wasn't very good in it. I didn't have much of an attention span. I know that's hard to believe. But this one, it, it helped teach history, but more in a fun way. It slapped that Mario sticker on it, which is enough mm -hmm. for me to, to believe it. Minions quality always. There, there's you know no wrong doing there. Um, so I, I jumped right into it, and you know I noticed some things aren't exactly the most accurate, but you know who really cares when you're having fun anyway? You know I mean I'm sure just history being a little off that's never caused any problems. It, it'll be fine. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to see it was very successful for its time. I don't know where the sequel exactly is. Um, still waiting on that one. One of my favorite parts, I don't know if you all really played it. Um, I, I, do, I think this was just in the SNES version. But uh, there were little whirlpools. You would, when you'd go through the doors to different times, you would have to like set the date and uh, find the right whirlpool to go through to end up where you needed to go. I just thought that made a whole lot of sense being there. It wasn't complicated or hard to 
understand what you were supposed to do at that point. It spelled it out pretty clearly. I, I, it was a, what seemed like a big, you know, complex sort of concept um, about time and all of that sort of thing. It, it just made perfect sense. Um, so did, did you all play that one at all, by the way? Uh, no, I personally haven't, but I could definitely use a game that is educational and includes Mario. Um, what about you, Ryan? Um, I haven't played this one. I did play uh, Mario is Missing, which had some edutainment elements to it as well. Um, and so, like, the edutainment thing was was kind of groundbreaking for the time and uh, really helped uh, kind of usher in this idea that video games are okay. And, like, parents are like, oh, well, if they're going to learn something, then okay, I'll get it for them. So it was really cool to have, like, the these Mario games that, like, people have dreamed about, but they had these parents that just hated video games. Like, kind of soften up and actually let, let their kids, like, play these games that kind of gave them some an education, but they were getting their Mario fix, you know? And uh, it's, it's really cool that they have that opportunity. Um, and then, like, just going through the history as Mario, it sounds really cool. Uh, I would love to see a sequel. Um, it'd be really cool to have, like, going through, like, different pipes, uh, like, like a warp zone, uh, but ending up in real world places um, and just kind of exploring those things. And um, it would be really, really cool um, if you even explored, like, kind of the whole like the plumbing the depths idea and find out like different like sewer systems and 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 uh, diff different places all over the world and how people like you know what happens when they go to the bathroom and what what it's like to uh to, to run maintenance on everything there and the different cultures um it'd be pretty cool um i would love to see that and just to really like it's a very not very much like talked about uh area of, of the world and in different cultures and how they do different things you know, left hands and everything. Um, so it's just really cool that um, they take us to this history. But I'd like to see that that more of Mario's profession spin on it too. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, maybe that's an unpopular opinion here, but yeah. That, the only yeah. the only thing that I've heard about the game is just how good the graphics are. Um, but I I haven't played it myself, but I hear like the graphics are like the best on. It was the Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, it was on yeah. the, the NES and the Super Nintendo. Yep. It's like, oh, move wow. over, Turtles in Time. Mario's on his way. That's so, what I um, what, one part we haven't brought up, because I know that the Mario series doesn't always have much of a story, but uh, this one actually had a pretty interesting one where Bowser had stolen uh, basically all of the treasures throughout time um, and took them all you know, back to his castle. So he went back and took like real big, iconic things throughout time. So I always kind of wondered, um, they added sort of a... a layer of mystery to this into which if he went back through history and took all these very important items how would we know that they're worth anything at this point right mm -hmm. so that's that's just a really awesome mystery that they left open for a sequel i'm guessing um so you know maybe one day we'll we'll see that happen um i'm i, I would say any day now probably yeah. before metroid prime 3 i but, uh, if you know, i we'll bet I mean, I don't know. I hear the graphics are really good, and I can't think of a better opportunity than the Switch Pro. So hopefully we'll get, you know, a bunch of awesome sequels uh, when the Switch Pro comes out, especially uh, Mario's Time Machine. Um, I'm looking forward to it, even if they decide not to put it on the Switch Pro, like on the NES. SNES, you know, their, their classic or online line. Um, it'd be cool if they had, like, a second run of the SNES classic and, and put that on there. Um, just for nostalgia's sake alone, but just the entertainment value would be pretty cool too. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and get into my next one. Uh, this game uh, came out for the DSi 
Um, I am a huge, absolutely crazy fanatic for the WarioWare games and the, the micro games. They're just they're so cool. And they always bring in a new gimmick. And um, this game was no exception. Um, they had had um, the regular micro games and then they had um, a, a touched, you know, with the touch screen, they had uh, one for Game Boy Advance that involved like a gyro. So you did like tilting and everything. Um, which was pretty cool. Um, you kind of like turned it like a wheel, this this the system like a wheel. But this one, um, it, it took advantage of the DSi in a way that um, no other game has ever taken it. Um, and it used the camera to basically control all of the mini games. Um, I'm sure that there were some other things you could use with the mic and things like that, but you could like take a snapshot of your face. And um, so this game is called WarioWare Snapped. Um, and it was it was a ahead of its time in that it was not really um, a game for like nerds. Uh, if you had glasses, it wouldn't work. Um, you had to like take off your glasses in order to play the game, um, and then you had to get like really close to the screen in order to see it. But then the camera couldn't always focus on your face, uh, so it was really like really like reaching out there to catch those people um, who aren't necessarily nerds and who don't have glasses and really don't live up to that kind of, I guess, stereotype and was pulling in more of the sporty people and just like kind of, it was a general audience um, or an other audience that you wouldn't normally have um, in the video game space. Um, it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, like has like a facial recognition feature um, and you basically put your face in the games. Um, you may, you may remember the Game Boy camera um, where you could take a picture and you could put that character on on basically the game and watch ball guy and you could like juggle balls, um, but you could actually put your own picture on that. And it's those kind of ideas, like you become a part of the game, your face gets put into the game, similar to Face Raiders on the 3DS. Um, and it's just, it was really cool that they did that in, even like that time on the DSi. And that was like in the era where they had their very first like eShop. Uh, so you could just like pick it up at any time and download the game and, and you have it right there to play it. Um, I definitely, unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, play very much of it uh, just because, you know, I don't, I, I didn't have any contacts. So I had to go with glasses. Um, so I was very limited with that. Um, but it was, I had to play every single uh, Wario game. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying right now, like it was money well spent just to own that in my collection. Yeah, I, I remember the reviews were like really good at the time. Um, and I only had a, a DS Lite, so I wasn't able to buy it, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I heard good things. I think it's a really like innovative concept, too. Josh, have you played this one or any of the other WarioWare games? Oh, yeah, I actually had this one downloaded on my DSi. I think I played all the WarioWare games. I feel like there was one I kind of missed out on, but it wasn't this one. Um, so yeah, I, I remember jumping on this pretty quickly. This is when that shop was still fairly new and I was pretty excited for it. Um, you know, I was glad this one didn't disappoint with that series. Um, mm -hmm. I know this was one that, uh, I can't remember what year this one came out, but, uh, basically I do remember, um, I started dating who's now my wife in 2008 and I remember we tried this out together and there's a part of me that kind of believes that this may be the reason we have had the successful relationship we have. I, I just feel like it, uh. It was a good good way to start things out, so I'm very thankful for this uh, for this jewel. Now, if I remember, you had to have really good lighting um, to, for the the camera to actually view your face. Um, did you guys like cuddle up next to the lamp when you played this game, or did um, you just like just sit out in the sun and, and try to play it? And it was a little harder to see in the sunlight with the DSi, but um, you know you had to have that really almost. It, it would have been great in the days like if we had circle lights back then. 
it like eliminated your face and gave you the right lighting that would be perfect for it but you had to kind of come up with some creative ways to to view that so growing up in the days with like the game boy and the game boy color where uh you had to sort of find a light source you know to lean towards and that sort of thing it, it really did nothing but bring me back it was a very nostalgic sort of trip so i, I sort of yeah. appreciated that the good yeah. old days i mean uh, i remember when it came out i think that was a dsiware exclusive yeah it had to be because yep. any other ds system didn't have a camera so i'm surprised that like more people don't talk about it because the dsi had like such a huge following um i I can't imagine the sales weren't too bad. So um, I don't know. I just I don't see it on too many, you know, top top ten uh, DSiWare lists uh, personally. Um, but you know, I love WarioWare. Um, but uh, question for you: What kind of like things did you do with your head? Like, what kind of mini games were there? Um, well, the game uh, tried to keep itself pretty. Uh... In a pretty small package, it was very bite-sized. Um, not was not only was it micro games, but it was also a micro game. Um, so there wasn't a lot of diversity to it. Um, but I, I believe even some of those games came out um, in WarioWare Gold and were represented there, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, that's cool. Okay. But uh, I'll have to. There pick was a up... roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Okay. I'll have to pick up WarioWare Gold just for that one. It's still on my list. I need to pick that up. All right, Chris, what you got for us? Okay, so uh, my number two pick, um, I'm kind of torn between this one game and its sequel, but I think I'm going to go with the original. So, you know, I've always been a pretty vocal uh, advocate that Donkey Kong games play the best when you play with bongos. So for me personally... Um, I would have to say that Donkey Konga is my number two favorite game. Um, yeah, I love that game. It's so good. It's uh, so, you know, I, DDR was really popular at the time, and I just didn't connect with DDR. It was just like too complicated. So, uh, I, I don't know. Whenever uh, Donkey Konga got announced, I was just like, okay, finally, a game for me. So, you know. It, instead of DDR having all these like different directions and stuff, you just had the left. Uh, bongo, the right bongo, you clap, or you press both bongos at the same time. And the amount of depth that this game takes you with just those four simple inputs is outstanding. And um, it, it was really cool because the game came with the Donkey Kong bongo accessory, uh, which is a treasure in itself, but it, it really feels like a bongo, except that when you press down on it, there's a button there and the fabric feels kind of like plastic, but you, you know, you get the idea that it's like a bongo. It feels a lot like a bongo, just a lot more hollow. And, um, the best part for me at least is clapping. So, um, so yeah, like some people chose to, to tap the side of the bongo, but I always clapped because it's part of the experience. So anytime there was a clap, uh, prompts, I'd have to clap. That's just that's how you play Donkey Konga. I'm a purist. So, um, and not just you know, the, the how good it felt to play it, but the the songs were also um, like timeless. So, um, you would get Hungarian Dance Number no. Five in G Minor, uh, the Locomotion by Kylie Minogue, and the Happy Birthday song, and 
you also know that like Nintendo didn't screw around with this release because you don't get the originals. They paid someone to do cover songs of the originals, so they are even better in that way. Um, but I don't know. For me personally, like when when it comes to music games, I think that the optimal way of interacting with music is through the Donkey Kong bongos because that's just like how I feel music. That's just how I have I have this need to express myself through you know pounding on the bongos it's just like the best way to i don't know synchronize with my favorite songs you know um and i mean don't even don't even get me started with the graphics the graphics were just crazy um so yeah did you guys ever play donkey konga oh yes definitely i've got three bongos here beside me or actually behind me here um i love it um you know i i those things can take a beating. That peripheral is really cool. I'm glad they included it in there. Um, I had a class ring on and uh, clapping really, really hurt. Um, but every time I'd hit really, really hard and, uh, man, destroyed my hands until I found out that my class ring tapped on the side actually made that clapping sound. I'm like, oh, okay, I can save my, my hands some pain. And I did I did cheat with that. Um, but uh, after a while, I felt kind of like a, a cheap trick. And uh, I went back to clapping again because it just nothing beats that clap. There's actually, I don't know if you guys know, but there's like a huge like esports sector for Donkey Konga. So if you think you're really good at Donkey Konga, uh, you sign up for it. I don't know if there's a fee, but it's like it's getting really competitive. One thing, like those bongos have been carried on to this day. People will hook up their GameCube adapter and plug in their bongos just to see if they can play like the latest games with that. And, uh, you know, it, it's long reaching, um, but nothing's quite quite the same as the music experience of Donkey Konga. And of course, we got a nice sequel, too which is pretty cool. And then, um, you know, if you wanted to get that adventure game on, you could definitely go with the Jungle Beat as well. Yeah, exactly. It was, I don't know, it was really hard for me to pick between the, you know, the original, which I think I'm more partial to, or the sequel, which had, you know, classics like uh, No More Drama from Mary J. Blige and Come Clean by Hilary Duff. So um, I think I'm just going to have to stick with the more classic hits. Um, Josh, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I, I spent some decent times with uh, both these. And, you know, as, as good as, uh, as good as like David Wise and Grant Kirk's Hope's musics are, and Robin Beanland's, and all of them was for the Donkey Kong series before this, I can totally see why they went with the, the more of the sort of poppy or classical style songs with the, the cover bands to sort of make it their own thing, especially that guy who did the uh, cover of Headstrong and 2. That was a phenomenal job. I can't even say the word correctly. That was fantastic. Um, you know, we, we don't we don't need all those other tracks. It's it's I, I think it helped cross the boundaries into that casual market into a way that even though we couldn't do. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That was actually I like I like that you mentioned that Headstrong because that was my first experience with the song Headstrong. Um, I never heard the original. That was my like that was my favorite in, in the whole game. Um, and it was really cool to have that that experience. Um, it takes me back to the time like on the GameCube as well. I was playing a lot of DDR and, uh, you know, you've got your Mario mix, but uh, they also had MC Grooves. Um, that was a pretty cool dance game. Um, I definitely picked that one up and it just kind of reminds me of that yeah. with, with, you know, the bongos and the dance pads, like music. It was a great time for music. Uh, like the Wii era was also a great time for music, but like that takes me back to the GameCube days. That was really cool. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys might remember, but like each song was rated from like 
one to ten bongos in terms of difficulty. So I could only get up to like four bongos. So <laughs> what difficulty level were you guys at? I think by the time I had, well, after I'd put a good amount of time in it, I think I was up pretty high. If it was out of 10, I'm wanting to say I was like at six or seven. Um, oh, wow. It did pretty well nice. at it. it. It was really helpful that I had a uh, a friend during the, uh, there was co-op in it. I had a friend that during the clap parts, there were some parts that was just like a consistent clap, you know? Hmm. So, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he decided to hit puberty a little late. So that was pretty handy because he could just scream um, and, and we didn't have to clap at all. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, I know I played a lot of Camptown races on harder difficulties. I actually, I have really fond memories playing Donkey Konga because I remember uh, I had some friends over after school. And uh, I don't know, we just, we just really bonded over Donkey Konga. Um, I didn't see them again since that moment, but um, we had a really good time that one time. Um, so yeah, I've I've very fond memories of Donkey Kong, and I I'll really cherish my time with it. Josh, do you want to bring your last pick? All right, so my last pick here um, is my um, personal favorite of a long time series that has uh, brought friends and family together, so to speak, through the years. is uh, is in the Mario Party series. It's sort of a number or a couple of them together, but I'm going to start with Mario Party Nine here. Um, I think was where. The big the big turnaround for the series was thanks to Indie Cube. Um, the the car aspect I thought was something completely original and just something that I, I don't even understand why board games in the past hadn't taken this on like in real life like in Monopoly and things like that. I don't know why everybody wasn't traveling in a car to begin with. I thought that was perfect. Um, you know, and, and they carried it on. What 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 really makes sense is when they decided to carry it on to ten. You know, I, I know a lot of people loved it in nine. So I completely understand why they carried it on to 10. I was worried they wouldn't, but, you know, thank goodness they did. Um, it, it, it was great how it uh, carried into the gameplay itself to where, you know, in the past ones, there was a lot of um, effort put into trying to win the mini games. You know, if, if you win the most mini games, it gave you a good advantage. It didn't guarantee it, but, you know, it, it gave you a really good advantage. And this one, you know, you, you could win, I don't know, 11 out of the 10 mini games. And you still might get third or fourth. And, you know, that's okay. This is just, this is a different game. It, it doesn't matter. Um, it was great to just have luck, just have control over that. I didn't have to use my brain at all. You know, you can play with the dog. You can play with your grandma. You can play with the, the front door. It doesn't matter. It, you can, everybody can enjoy it and everybody can win. It's, it, was, it was a great concept. And I'm glad they, they stuck with it after that, especially. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was really cool that they took the Mario Party to the next level and made it a party, um, like a party hanging out in a car. Like, um, I really, really liked that they took it that far um, and brought everybody together and unified everybody. Like, y'all rolled together, just cruising, just cruising through the uh, the Mushroom Kingdom uh, board neighborhood, and uh, it's pretty cool collecting stars and working together. Uh, you know, you know, fighting against Bowser and everything. And uh, question for you guys: Did they? Uh, like not include the car feature into Super Mario Party for the Switch? They they did not, but uh, instead mm. what what they did great for that one, because um, it is the same team, they did take the car away for some reason. Um, you know, how unlike the first Mario Party, they had a good number of boards, I think seven or eight, um, all themed differently and all of that sort of thing. They, they decided, um, you know, what are we, 20 some years after that, something like that, they decided to lower the number down to four boards. Um, you know, which which makes things more 
uh, compact, so to speak. Um, you know, it, it really made things more basic, easier to understand. So, you know, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, less is more. But um, I don't know. I, I think that they're, they've suffered a lot of backlash because they didn't include the car feature in the new one. And I think it's really affected Super Mario Party's sales. So hopefully they bring that back. I noticed yeah, that they didn't sure. bring any DLC to the game to expand the game. I just think they thought that they misstepped in. They just need to make the new game with the with the car again. Um, so I'm expecting Super Mario Party 2 to, to bring everybody back in and unify everybody uh, in a vehicle of some sort. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're all riding on a magic carpet, like, you know, a la, you know, older Mario Party. That'd be pretty cool. You know, I'd love that that throwback, you know, have the genie thrown in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, he actually had some character development, if you remember. I think it was between... Was it three and four or two and three? I get that backwards, but uh, he, he put on some pounds, if you remember correctly. Um, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what they were going for there. Maybe they were trying to warn against the growing obesity rate. But, uh, you know, I, I can appreciate the effort. They do that sometimes. What, effort or uh, no, the growing obesity rate uh, awareness? They, they, they sometimes put, like, discrete public health messaging into their games. And I, I think what Josh is getting at is true, that they, they wanted to bring more awareness to, uh, to malnutrition. They still couldn't yeah. wean Mario off the mushrooms, though. Uh, be, sure, be sure to rub your lamps just in case, because, you know, dude, your, your, your genie could be suffering in there. Yeah, be kind to your genies, people. Come on. Josh has spent his three wishes. Uh, let me go ahead and give my last one here. Um, so this game is probably the most popular game in existence um it was for the uh it was for the nintendo 64 um it was one that i rented um and i just i couldn't stop playing it something about like the graphics and the ability to play as a superhero just was unparalleled like this was my first time that i could actually be like comic book like superhero with powers you know laser vision and and super strength and flight like nothing beats the idea of being able to play um as superman and uh superman 64 uh, superman the new adventures um was really really cool i remember the cover it showed like superman like pulling back his his shirt or whatever he's wearing you know it showed the superman symbol underneath and it was kind of like that green background and uh um it was i think it was based off the cartoons around that time um, but they made some really awesome design design choices there. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, they gave you a lot of tasks. Like uh, you had to kind of fly through a bunch of hoops uh, to get, you know, level progression going. And um, the backgrounds and everything were kind of like a, a hazy white, almost like a fog, um, which was really cool. Um, it was like there's this villain that's just completely clouded everything and superman's trying to fight his way to clear the fog um you know flying through rings and 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 punching bad guys and just uh you know just being a superman and i felt really really empowered uh, and i was glad that i picked up this game and experienced it um it's a shame that uh not a lot of people uh, got to play this and they've never ported it over to a virtual console on like the wii um it's a missed opportunity and i'm hoping with the nes classic uh, or super sorry the n64 classic if we ever do get that um this game's included on it because it's just it's a gem it's a treasure there's no experience like it out there um you know it, it kind of reminds me of my days growing up playing et um just something that it's definitely one for the history books and uh i definitely recommend trying if you guys haven't um but yeah it was on 64 and uh definitely check it out so, uh, uh, so I, I was right. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go on, Josh. 
I was going to say, I was also um, sort of unfortunate enough to not actually own this one. Um, I remember renting it one time for some reason, and I, I'm guessing we just never saw it again in the store there. Um, but yeah, I, I do have very good memories of it of the two days I had it. Um, uh, like you said, sort of that, uh, that it started out with you um, in that foggy city, um, just flying through those rings. And that was a perfect way for you to really get the feel of things and to really get into the narrative. Um, I, I wish the the guys who worked on like the new Spider-Man games, um, I think for the PS4, or PS5, I, I wish they would look back at things like this um, to to grow a little bit. I think that's what those were missing. Um, there's a little bit of polish in this one that uh, I, I just don't feel like. I don't feel like any superhero games sort of uh, carry on today. Um, this one, I, I'm actually even surprised at myself after this. I wasn't more of a Superman fan. I, you know, like nowadays I just watch more like, you know, the MCU. I don't keep up with the DC stuff. Not because I think it's like, you know, a, a cheap uh, cash in on Marvel's success or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, I, I just think, uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's like this game was so well done at the time and it's so special. I, I don't want to ruin that by taking in any more Superman afterwards, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I just want to leave yeah. it sort of it's... in its own little sacred time period yeah it's like the definitive superman experience i mean if if you're flying through the city like that's that's what superman is you know and there's just something so cathartic and relaxing about flying through all these hoops um and uh yeah it was just it was really cool to see their spin on it and see how they made those loops relevant to that game's world um so i really appreciate that from like a game design standpoint uh, the artist um, who did the the animation for that time, um, Superman had a very kind of uh, kind of flat face, and I think that the '64 lend its graphics lend itself to that really well. Um, it's got like kind of like the beady eyes and and the the the, the smirk on on the kind of a flat uh, like polygon uh, facial structure, and I thought that was pretty on point, especially for what the '64 could do. And um, I kind of wish that, like, the DC universe, like, in the movies and stuff, cinematic universe and stuff like that could really take, like, um, a note from this and, and kind of draw from some of the charm that this game had. Um, I think that it would even kind of outshine some of the, the Spider-Man stuff that you've seen and even some of the MCU uh, stuff if they just kind of just, just pull from the magic of this game. Yeah. I, I, uh, I It's been a while since I played this one, right? Like, what are the controls like? How do you control Superman? Um, the controls were a bit stiff. Um, they really wanted to get you um, get you a feel like you are kind of an underpowered human controlling someone who's really powerful and uh, hard to control because you know you don't know what to do with all that power. You know the the sunlight gives Superman his powers and uh, and the game just kind of fought against you with that and that was really cool because it made you feel like you were trying to get a handle on such awesome and wield such awesome power. Um, and it's not easy to do. Um, and so that was really cool. Um, you know, they had like you press buttons to like to like punch and things like that. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of like specialty things you could do in, in the flight mode other than just like tilting the stick. Um, but I know like when you're on the ground, you could even kind of use some of his powers just by pressing like the A or the B button and, and everything. Um, again, it's a little foggy because I only played it that one time. Um, and well. I played it many times that time, but we only had that one rental, unfortunately. But uh, I think uh, it, it's always stuck with me. Uh, just some of the controls are a little bit hazy for me. Yeah, my my, my memory is definitely very foggy. 
about that game as well, so I guess that's part of my issue. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is, and it'll it'll remain a very special part of our of our past. I just wish it would come to virtual console or like something so that we could play it again and experience it so that we can remember that stuff again. Cause it's just, you know, not all nostalgic memories like hold their, their uh, vividness. And so yeah, um, that's something that I hope we can experience again someday. Yeah. I mean, luckily we're in the age where like, if you request something enough, um, there's a chance that they'll bring it back. So, you know, if, if Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all the fans out there make enough noise, I'm sure that Nintendo's going to consider bringing it to the virtual console or um, the Nintendo Switch Online service. So, um, I don't know, fingers uh, crossed. I hope that it happens. I, really I might reach out don't... to uh, Platonic and Platonic Friends or what have you and uh, see if they can maybe start a Kickstarter on this one. Um, it's definitely something I would back. Yeah, I, I, mean... I haven't the foggiest of why this hasn't uh, hasn't come back up yet. It's a shame. All right, Chris. You got the last one. All right. Uh, so I've mentioned this game a few times. And, you know, I was when we were thinking about our favorite games, um, this is one that I didn't really think of at first. But, I mean, you know, I, I crossed off all the other ones off my list, and this is what I was left with. And um, I'd be lying if, if, it, if I said that it wasn't one of my favorite games. So, um it's surprising because it's a little violent. There's a lot of adult language and adult content and some graphic stuff. I can't really get too into it onto this on this episode, but um, I'm just a really big fan of Jump Rope Challenge. So Jump Rope Challenge is a game where it's it's very there's very simple controls, but they offer a lot of um, depth into the types of gameplay that it offers. So you you hold the Joy-Cons, for those of you who haven't played, you hold the Joy-Cons to your sides as if you're holding a jump rope. And you can uh, you can jump, jump up and down with small hops. You can jump up and down with big hops. And you can hold your hands out in different ways. So you can hold them at an angle. You can hold them downwards. And it just offers all these different combinations that not even like Ring Fit Adventure offered. So it just gave me a lot to do during um, the quarantine period. And I can't believe this, but it was free. And I believe it's still free. Um, if you guys haven't downloaded Jump Rope Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going into the game, I heard it was, you know, kind of intimidating, but. Um, it luckily does offer a really helpful tutorial. So they break down the controls for you and all the different gameplay styles. Um, you wouldn't think it, but there's actually like a pretty comprehensive like skill tree. So mm-hmm. once you advance your skills in one particular technique, you can branch out and try different things with your hands and your arms. You can hold your arms out a little bit further and just offers all these like different complexities and these simple, uh, I don't want to say simple, but um, interesting nuances to the type of controls that um, that it offers. Um, the story is really good, but I don't want to spoil anything, so I will uh, keep that to myself. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and uh, the the graphics are really impressive. Like you know, I know the Switch isn't that much of a powerhouse, but it was just amazing to see what the developers were able to do um, with this type of art style. And I think it's some, it, it seems like it's a game that has an art style that can be, you know, upscaled and like future generations. So, um, you know, 
we'll see what happens with the Switch Pro or the Switch 2 and other future generations. But I think it's it's kind of like the Wind Waker. It has this like timeless graphical style mm-hmm. that um, that'll hold up over time pretty well. And um, I guess I'll mention one last thing. Uh, there's a lot of like customizability. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know this going into it. I kind of just expected to be in the same outfit. But as you play the game more and more, you unlock more outfits. So you start off with like a yellow jumper, and then you can you just by like the press of a button, you can switch to a purple jumper, which uh, changes things a lot. And um, down the road, I'll, I'll only offer like a few more spoilers for you, but there's also a striped shirt and a wedding dress. So if that interests you, that's there. Um, but yeah, it's just like there's there's all these different um, options and customizable uh, features for uh, all different types of players, and that's the great thing about Nintendo. It's for everyone. Yeah, um, there was a lot of controversy around this game uh, for a while there. I know I picked it up um, kind of what I thought was at the last second. Uh, I didn't want to miss out on it because um, I heard that they were taking it away. Um, much like the Mario 35th and how we're going to be losing the Mario you know, All-Stars collection or what have you, um, we're going to be losing these, um, we're going to be losing this jump rope challenge and they were going to take it away. And uh, it was supposed to be only a limited time thing for the pandemic, um, but uh, they, they did bring it back and they kept it on there, which is really cool. Um, I thought I was going to miss out on that, but I, I downloaded it as soon as I could. And uh, but then when I heard it was going to be accessible to more people and they're going to keep it going, that was that was really a relief. I'm glad a lot of more people can have access to that. Um, I don't even think they're going to do that for Mario, um, but they did it for this game. And that just shows you how important it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's actually a, a huge expansion. Um, they updated the game. I think it's like one point two now. And so spoiler alert, if there's any like, you know, if if you don't want anything spoiled in this game, but after the 1.2 update, after you get a, a certain, you make a certain amount of progress in the game, it unlocks the ability to um, change your background. So instead of it just being a green background, you can have a cat in the background or hmm. something similar. Did they add any uh, uh, like Nintendo theme costumes or anything like that? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. There's no spoilers uh, with that, but. Uh... Yep. Yep. I kind of interested by that. Now, where are the backgrounds? Uh, do they have any like Nintendo themed backgrounds, or like maybe even insert like your own stuff or anything like that, or maybe even screenshots you've taken from other games? Um, I'm hoping if not, they'll have that in a future update. I I don't want to spoil anything for you or let okay. you down. So All right, I'll check it out myself. I'll leave that for you to explore. Get my workout on. Yeah, I mean it's it's it only came out about like a year ago, like even less so. So it's totally possible that like there's expansion, there's an expansion pass or DLC on the way. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It, it was a really big hit, especially during like quarantine period. So I I if I was Nintendo, I would want to keep the momentum going and offer continuous DLC and updates for the game. So um, yeah, I would I mean, bring it I think on. It would be, yeah, it, it might be in the, like the next Nintendo Direct. I mean, I'll I'll even take paid DLC. I mean, I want to support right. the developer for this one. Um, so, I wonder, I wonder how long it can go. Yeah. Um, I know I've got to keep pushing myself to break my jump rope record. So, um, you know, just it's a great thing in pandemic to keep in shape. Yeah. I mean, I I'm hoping that they offer amiibo support down the road because, mm-hmm. um, I mean. I have a Bayonetta amiibo, and I would just love to see what would happen when I tap the Bayonetta amiibo to to jump rope challenge. 
Yeah, um, that would be interesting. Um, I'd also like to see, like, you know, since it's a very health thing, I'd like to see what Dr. Mario does in the game. Um, it's kind of like health oriented and maybe he can be like, he can pop up and be kind of like a, a coach to your a health coach, Sim similar to like the Wii Fit trainer or maybe even, yeah, scan in your Wii Fit trainer and it'll pop up in the game and, and she'll give you some tips on, on how to, he or she, you know, on how to jump and, and uh, work on your form. That would be a cool expansion just to have that, the different options. And uh, why would you not want to jump rope and do like, like along with the back flipping, like uh, banjo kazooie in the background and things like that, and have the banjo sounds and stuff. That'd be really cool. Exactly. Uh, you know, forget like folders, was... forget themes on your Switch. Like that's what we need. Well, that's what we need. Like with the, with the background, I, I wish you could customize your background with like your screenshots and things like that. Because if if you can imagine, like if you really go back to when screenshots, so to speak, sort of at least as far back as I can remember, were a thing. When I was just getting to that middle school age and Smash Brothers Melee came out, you know, thinking back to some of those awesome screenshots I took, especially uh, the ones with Peach that, you know, everybody took at some point or another, um, you, you know, that would be an awesome background. Um, I, I, I don't know why they haven't implemented that quite yet. I'm hoping that will, um, will be something they'll step forward with in the future. Um, I think it'd be very special. Um, and, you know, I'm glad they used a bunny rabbit as the main mascot because you, you just don't see that very much in cartoons or movies or games. There's a lot of animal mascots, but rabbits just, you know, you don't see those very much. I, well, I can't actually think of a good, you know, th there's definitely not an iconic one that I can think of. In uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you because Nintendo Badge Arcade would like to have a word with you because. Oh, yeah. That that one's a pretty Thank good you. one. Um, there's also Zipper. Um, he's a little bit on the creepy side, but uh, and he, he can be a little bit annoying. But I think like Nintendo has their bunnies covered. But yeah, I think uh, of all of them, I, I kind of am gonna give it to Jump Rope Challenge, uh, especially for this argument. Um, but that that Badger Arcade bunny was pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Can I can I spoil something for you? Yeah. There is a costume for the Nintendo Badge Arcade Bunny in Jump Rope <gasps> Challenge. So, oh. yeah, there's reason enough to boot it up again. But, awesome. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm with you there, Ryan, where I think that the Jump Rope Challenge Bunny is probably the best Nintendo Bunny so far. And, uh, you know, speaking of Nintendo Badge Arcade, it would be awesome if Nintendo would finally include badges on the Switch system so that mm -hmm. I could get the Jump Rope Challenge Bunny as a badge on my home screen. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow. That would be cool. Um, one thing I want to see in the Jump Rope Challenge is not like necessarily Mario doing Jump Rope, but like Mario with the bunny ears. You know, and bring, bring back that classic Mario Land stuff. Uh, that would be kind of cool to have, you know, that, that jumping Mario going. Or even Heck, the bunny. Why? How could we forget the bunny in Mario 64 that you had to chase around to catch for stars? Like, that would be cool if they had that bunny in there, too. Just put all of the Nintendo bunnies in that game. Yeah, just like, or even, like, let us put bunny ears on all the screenshots that we take, like the peach screenshots that we all take. Let's just put bunny ears on those. Practically turn it into an Easter episode. Um, didn't expect that one. <laughs> uh, wow. All right, well, that brings our... Uh, our episode of the end, we got all of our picks in here. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this, this uh, awesome um, kind of compilation of games that you might have missed, and we definitely recommend uh, going and check them out. Um, I'm sure that they have some playthroughs on there online. You can watch some some uh, streamers uh, play these games and get that experience if you can't access them. But if you can find them, like, seriously, they're pretty affordable online. Uh, going on, uh, trying to find, you know, like Superman 64, um, you know, 
going and getting warrior snaps, uh, going and getting uh, the jump rope challenge, which is free, so you can get that. I don't know if there's any gameplay of that, but might be fun watching some people, like, you know, especially heavier set people, just, like, jump around and flop around while they're trying to do their uh, jump rope. be pretty good. Josh, do you want to close out the show with our due diligence? Sure. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS. Um, so we're, we're pretty active on there and on Facebook with uh, Nintendo Nostalgia and the Nintendo Nostalgia group, of course. You should be hopping in there and hanging out and talk about all sorts of nonsense, whatever you want to post in there, as long as it's family-friendly, so to speak. So anyhow, and uh, we're also on Instagram. I always forget that one. Also, if you enjoyed our episode today and any others, please feel free to leave us a review on any podcast service that you're using. Oh, boy. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed this awesome episode, and we will catch you next week. Later, Preston. Bye, everyone. Bye.